what the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I think today, above all, is mm. a coming-of-age story. Ooh. Emphasis on the coming. Oh. <laughs> it started like that already. <laughs> Everyone, get your black lights on hold. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you a tale. Oh. If you were to grow up in a small country town, mm-hmm. in, in a loving yet slightly puritanical household, mm-hmm. in, the, in the late 1990s, mid to late 1990s, mm-hmm. with only access to two TV stations, mm-hmm. uh, no access to any form of adult material, uh, a next door neighbour who ran the local news agency so you couldn't go and buy any even if you tried, mm-hmm. friends who wouldn't part with it mm-hmm. and being too scared to shoplift it. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to get some adult stimulation in your life, mm-hmm. you basically had to wait for it to come on the TV at an opportune moment, <laughs> like, like a desert flower coming into bloom every two years. <laughs> Oh my god! But then, oh my god! Then you have to wait for the perfect storm opportunity of all of the rest of the household is out at the same time as a pair of breasts, yeah. you know, or you know, whosoever genitals you like appearing on the television. But as a sailor, I will say, any port in a storm, <laughs> you have to take your moments. <laughs> I, what you're trying to say is you've chucked it to the Golden Girls. Is that what you're trying to say? There is absolutely nothing wrong with a bit of B. Arthur. She is a war hero. <laughs> she wasn't before, she is now. <laughs> she deserves that purple heart. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know what you call it. Oh my God. <laughs> a, it involves a lot of blood loss. <laughs> oh, but, God, I wish I had memory loss. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. If, if you lived in this imaginary circumstance that is in no way mm. linked to the life of anyone on this panel mm-hmm. tonight, uh, a godsend for you as a small child was when they extended the broadcast of the special broadcasting service, <gasps> aka SBS, <gasps> to regional South Australia. And you just happened to have purchased for Christmas that year <laughs> a portable Palsonic 12 inch <gasps> television. Television. Ah. Oh. Mm. Mm. Because in that heady mix of soccer and karaoke and world Eurovision was mm-hmm. Des Mangan's cult movies. <sighs> Can we explain for those who may be um, overseas or not in Australia? Yep. Or, um, basically, SBS, they would show a lot of world programming. Yes. Um, and what we have found is, so as you know, mainstream TV would be more sort of, you know, English and American, which had certain sort of puritanical sort of views on the world. Dusty views. SBS would show a lot of uh, European productions. And the Europeans, as we know, are a lot more embracing of the human body. Yes. And if this happens to be something that gets you at the exact right age, it can be quite formative. (laughs) Like when a young liberal reads some Ayn Rand and becomes an insufferable cunt for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you happen to catch the right movies with the right kind of boner in the middle of the night, it can shape who you are. <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about this. Actually, my my dad, when he retired, yeah. he so he moved to this place that was an hour out of this place that was out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And, yeah, I remember the day when they improved, they boosted the signal and he was finally able to get Ooh, He was SBS. able to boost his signal. <laughs> He said it was for, like, the movies, yeah. you know. Like, I'm like, oh, I never thought Dad would be into those cultural kind yeah. of movies. But Des Mangan, who programmed these films, he's an Australian screenwriter who mm. you'd probably know for Hercules Returns. Okay. Yeah, so he, he brought all these amazing movies onto SBS in the middle of the night. 
Um, and you know, in between uh, things like you know, uh, shark skin, shark skin man, and peach head girl. I think I got that right. I can't remember off, off the top of my memory. Akira, all these other things. Mm-hmm. You had the smutty ones, Ooh. which were good. Films like Homework, Out of Mexico, and uh, The Weather Woman or The Weather Girl, depending on mm. the translation that you get for it. Chinese ghost story. Or the film we're going to talk about tonight. Ooh. The film, and believe me, spoilers do lay ahead. Oh, there's so many spoilers. Because we are going to talk about possibly one of the coolest, craziest, and simultaneously shittest films <laughs> ever made. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about the one, the only, Vampuros Lesbos. Oh. Lesbian vampires. Or... Thinking inside the box <laughs> or Dracuvolva. Oh, fucking hell. Or <laughs> Dracuvolva's Bride. <laughs> or <laughs> Taste the Blood of Dracuvolva. There's not, a, there's not a lot of variation in these. It sounds like you're trying to guess Ellen DeGeneres' password. <laughs> or Dracuvolva, Dyke and Loving It. Jesus Fucking cross. Or <laughs> Babe Stroker's Dracuvolva. Oh my god. Now, see, if I'm if I'm gonna be a typical man, I'll take your ideas and slightly polish them up and pass them off as my own. Because <laughs> I will go with Clam Stroker's Licula. Oh there we go. There we go. There go. we go. Oh my god. Oh, I want to change my name to Clam Stroker. <laughs> I, that's it. If you're going to be Dick Lightning, I think I should be Clam Stroker. Absolutely. Oh, there we go. Big jowl. <laughs> Clam Stroker's Licula. <laughs> that's, oh, look, you know what? I think we have to branch out and do another podcast, and I think we just have to do the porn podcast. What we need to do is take all these things and turn them into fan fiction and record them as a separate thing. <laughs> So we'll have Dick Lightning's adventures and Clam Clam Stroker's adventures. <laughs> oh my god! Look, all we need is a million dollars. We film it in New Zealand. We send it in, you know, pre-ancient Greek Roman times. Bam! There yeah. we go. H.P. Lovecraft is definitely up for some uh, some punnage. <laughs> it was a creature of unimaginable horror, unless you reach into my pants and discover it. Oh my god! I cannot wait for the. Phil Dick oh, chapter, yeah. There we go. Yeah. But we are talking about Vampiros Lesbos today. Yes. It's Vampiros Lesbos. Its tagline is a psycho-sexadelic horror freakout. <laughs> Woo! Because this came out in 1971, which was just peak madness. For some reason, there were people with money who were prepared to fund mil- films made by cooked fucking hippies. <laughs> <laughs> so you had... <laughs> you had Vampiros Lesbos, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, – and like we said, spoilers ahoy in this. Oh, yeah. But it is. It's got the soundtrack. It's got the oh. those strange cutaway shots of spiders walking around for no reason. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. got speedboat shots for no reason, all set to this crazy funk. And th- this came out at the same time as other films like Jodorowsky's uh, The Holy Mountain mm-hmm. and A Clockwork Orange. Just peak cookedness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That being said, I have to be honest, I have – Seen this movie um, drunk. Yes. I've seen this movie high. I have seen this movie completely straight. Well, not the, completely. The control, the control wink, version. Wink. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and even to this day, in none of those frames, in any of those state of minds, does this movie make any more sense? This, this movie makes no sense. No. It well, is a fever dream. We'll get into a lot of the possible reasons <laughs> why. Um, so, yeah, it was released in 71. It's a West German slash Spanish set in Turkey following an American played by a Swede. Right. Uh, it's a, it is listed as an erotic horror film and is directed and co-written by Jesus Franco. Oh, any relation to James Franco? Franco? <laughs> you know, I do not know. I Googled it. He's not. Oh, I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, they make the same kind of weird filth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, cult hero slash villain Jesus Franco started his film career with big intentions of quality productions. Didn't we all? Just, oh. like, just like the podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> he began as an assistant director in the 50s in traditional movie genres. But then in the 60s, he was introduced by a friend to the British Hammer horror films. And after seeing his first Hammer film, he decided he wanted to move into horror. And with that, he dove headfirst, or some might say dick first, <laughs> into 10 cent whore in the dollar store, low to no budget exploitation films and hardcore pornography. Excellent. It's always a friend who introduces you to these things. Oh, and he got on the hammer. Friend. Got around. on the hammer and it all went downhill. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's in this blowing dudes for like. <laughs> Production money. Catering. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein in a wig in the 70s. <laughs> now, some critics have likened his work to those of America's cult B-grade director, Ed Wood, but without the style. Oh, Glenn, Glenn or Glenda was pretty styling. I know they're saying Jesus was Ed Wood without style. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck, that's mean. Yeah. That's why I'm just like, kick a dude while he's down. That's, give, giving Ed Wood a compliment is like one of those trust things you have to do on a year 12 retreat. Like, tell me something about this person who you generally don't get along with that you like and you've got to make it up and go, oh, he's stylish, I guess. Yeah, like, you have cool stickers on your lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> now, Franco's film Vampiros Lesbos is probably his most known and celebrated film, if only ironically. It's softcore porn disguised as a horror film, more focused on lesbosing than vamprossing. <laughs> now, a series of unrelated extended shots of moths, scorpions, boats, and random countryside do little but provide filling in between bursts of beautiful women, mostly naked, lying around or writhing around, either by themselves or with a friend. I've got a feeling this movie might have been made for men. <gasps> what? I, it's just, it's a, I don't know, it's, I've got a spidey sense. <laughs> now, the sets move from groovy 60s set pieces to abandoned basements. Some of the sets are clearly out of step with the film and downright confusing, with interior houses looking like what are clear abandoned offices and a vampire's guest bedroom complete with wallpaper so florally awful your late grandmother wouldn't have papered the toilet with it. But perhaps this wild abandonment of set, providence and reason only adds to its seductive abandonment. Just going back, mm -hmm. a vampire having a guest bedroom, is that basically their fridge? <laughs> is this is where they keep one on ice. Yeah, it's, it, you know what it is? It's the chili drawer in the fridge. <laughs> That's what it's like, oh, can you put the heater on? No. <laughs> no, I can't. It needs to be at this exact temperature. Have some iron tablets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you kidnapped someone, yeah. that's like maybe that's a bit of Bram Stoker's Dracula you don't see is like Keanu. He was just force feeding like B twelve into him to just like <laughs> another Baraka. <laughs> yeah. It's good for you. <laughs> it gives you a bounce. <laughs> now, this film starts off with a couple, Linda and Omar. Linda is played by a Swedish model and actress, and I'm so sorry. I'm going to say all these names wrong. Iwa Stromberg. I think I built one of those. Yeah? With an Allen key. Yeah, thank you, Ikea. <laughs> uh, she's an American lawyer working in a Turkish law firm. And she is clearly, clearly far too hot to be dating poor, clueless Omar. Now, it starts with the two. They're out on the town in a restaurant watching a sex lesbian art show performance piece presumably in between courses. And to be honest, I find it struggle to digest properly without watching a sex lesbian performance art piece in between my spaghetti and my pudding, and I don't think I'm alone when I say that. Hey, what's the matter you? You're not touching your spaghetti. Oh, I haven't seen one lesbian sex act. <laughs> oh, you want a manja before the clanja? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way, otherwise I get terrible heartburn. Oh. We've all been to this fringe show. Mm, mm. Now, the performing artist in this set piece is the gorgeous Countess Nadine, played by Spanish actress Soledad Miranda. Countess Nadine. Countess Nadine. That is a very neighbours kind of royalty. This is Nadine. <laughs> That's why I have to try and say it with an accent. If I just say it with my Australian accent, it's like Countess Nadine. Yeah. You lose an O in Countess. <laughs> Well, it is Vampros Lesbos. Oh, indeed, indeed. 
Now, this art piece centres around Ladane wearing next to nothing but panties, stockings, a coupless bra and a bright red scarf so she doesn't get a chill. Nadine wanders around on the stage until she sees a mirror and proceeds to make out with her reflection. This is a deeply weird scene too. Mm. Well, she makes out with herself until she spots her dancing partner who stands bare naked to the left of stage holding a candelabra. (laughs) Just seems natural. Nadine shimmies over to her and proceeds to undress and placing her undergarments on her naked companion. You will, over the course of this performance, begin to ask yourself just how many different angles can you stare at the same flat ass for five minutes? This film will answer that question for you. And I will answer another question for you. As a 14-year-old, this is a very confusing wank. (laughs) Nadine then decides to slide in between the legs of her companion, although slide is a generous term as the floor is actually quite rough and Nadine is in no way lubricated. Instead, she has to inch her naked body awkwardly underneath and through her stationary companion. It looks like a Spanish galleon, that floor. (laughs) They were getting. They were. They didn't even need tweezers. They were getting twigs out of her with pliers. At the oh, end of that scene. it's fucking rough. It is well. Linda watches on, mouth open, constantly gasping, fixated on Nadine, while her boyfriend Omar sits watching on rather awkwardly, looking pretty nervous by how much his girlfriend is clearly loving it. Because no man likes to have a girlfriend who's into women. Omar asks his girlfriend, "You're very excited." What's up? To which she tells him, Oh, nothing. Um, hello. Maybe it's the lesbian sex orgy is what's up. <laughs> I'm just I'm maybe putting it out there. Yeah. You know, it's just, I like the ambience yeah. in here. This is the best scoop on ever, huh? <laughs> Thanks for bringing us to lesbian sex dungeon and fucking faster pasta. And spaghetti. Oh, my God. That's my favourite bit. Like, every time I've watched a lesbian sex act, I've always thought, oh, man, if there was some pasta here, this would be perfect. I think it might be the point, uh, the time to point out to the music that correlates to this scene is called The Lion and the Cucumber. It's an iconic tune and it's actually featured in a number of different feature films, including Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Yes, it is. We wanted to use it, but unfortunately we couldn't get copyright clearance. So I've made my own fucked version of it. I've, re- I've done it in one take, oh. just in my lounge room. Okay, hang on, I'll picture the lesbian sex orgy. Good, I reckon. <laughs> my neighbours think I'm fucking cooked. <laughs> oh my god! I want to say that this is an exaggeration, but this is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded with my son's guitar, a drum kit with rags over it, and a single microphone. I'm proud of that. I'm the Dave Grohl of fucking cooked movie themes. Oh my god! Like. Just. <laughs> oh my god! You know what this? You know what this? You know what this? You know what this music needs? Lesbian sex act performance piece. I reckon there's not a straight woman in the world who wouldn't want to get down to that. <laughs> that is just leg opener. Oh my lord! Yeah, especially you know the creepy chanting and the you know the guttural. Oh yeah! <laughs> it's it's literally the sound. That you would hear inside your own stomach if you've eaten a bad curry. There's nothing (laughs) sensual about it. It is just bacteria growing inside your gut. Oh, my God. It's kind of like, in my mind, I'm thinking if you just cut open like straight men's head and just put a microphone in, that's the sound that's just constantly playing. Oh, my God. Our secret's revealed. Oh, my Lord. Well, now this very potent scene cuts and we now find Linda who lays on a psychiatrist couch telling her psychiatrist all about the previous scene and how many different angles you can in fact stare at the same flat ass which was in fact a dream oh or was it oh that's not a lazy plot device 
Like any good psychiatrist, he stands up and laughs at her, telling that her to relax, that many women are in fact just sexually frustrated. No. Oh, no. His advice is that she should find a lover or in her case, as he leans over to tell her to find a better lover. Oh, and, when, and then we cut to his malpractice suit. <laughs> Straight to the Me Too movement. <laughs> instead, the scene then cuts back to Linda returning home to poor clueless Omar, who looks as bewildered as always and judged by his lounging around in the middle of the day, clueless and largely unemployed Omar. Oh. Now, Linda decides to ignore her psychiatrist's advice and continues on with life and work and life with Omar. And at work, Linda is charged with finalising the estate of one Count Dracula, <gasps> leaving everything to the beautiful Countess Nadine. Linda <laughs> sets off to the private island of the Countess, but sadly misses the only ferry. Linda must stay at a nearby hotel. Oh, Thereafter, in the middle of the night, finding no water in a glass, instead of perhaps trying her bathroom for water, Linda decides to wander the hotel in her nightgown without the glass, uh. looking for refreshments. Oh. Linda is cornered by the crazed hotel clerk, played by the director himself. Oh, no. Always good. Oh, yeah. Let he, me guess they have a sex scene together? No, oh. no. First he rants about the perils of the island. He then tells her to come find him in his chamber. Oh. It's like the deleted scenes from Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Catholic <laughs> the Catholic suppl- supplicant. <laughs> Harry Potter and the suppressed memory. Does <laughs> <laughs> that teardrop thing? <laughs> You know, we find out why he's got that scar in the forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Snape. Obviously, being very thirsty for a glass of water, Linda travels to the basement where she finds the hotel clerk with the corpse of a woman that he has clearly tortured and killed. Linda screams in terror. We then find Linda casually boarding the ferry the next day because why would you possibly stop to be worried about the maniacal sex murderer living in the basement of a popular hotel? Oh, to be fair, she probably reviewed it on Yelp. <laughs> That's all you need to do now. <laughs> One star. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, what will I do? One. I hope she just looked him in the face as she was just like, One star. Yeah, you know it. You know it. One star. Yeah. Might be murdered. Maniacal sex murderer. No water. <laughs> no water. Insufferable. <laughs> now, Linda will wander around the island until she finds the house of the Countess. And much to her shock, and it really takes a lot to shock Linda, certainly more than a maniacal sex murderer living in the basement of a popular hotel. But to her shock, the woman of her erotic sexual lesbian dreams is now standing in front of her, the Countess. Nadine. Dun, dun, dun. But no shenanigans. Linda is here for work and she is committed to her work as a lawyer. So the two get naked and go skinny dipping in the ocean, then lay around uh, on the relaxing sounds naked. And I don't know about you, but that's where I sign all of my legal documents and nothing says legal professionalism like nudity and casual frolicking to me. I don't know about you. It's totally admissible. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, why would you – how could you trust a lawyer that you haven't, like, gaily, like, frolicked with naked? I used to work at a law firm. It's not that far removed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same with accountants. Mm. I will not lodge a tax return with someone I have not frolicked with. <laughs> Where are your pants, sir? <laughs> when, I, when I said I wanted everything deducted, I was not talking about <laughs> your pants, sir. <laughs> Now, the two retire to an evening meal and then Linda skulls two glasses of red wines, and I mean skulls down the red wine like a proper bogan. Well, she's a Nadine, isn't she? She's a Nadine. She then complains she's not feeling well. She is then shown to the last guest bedroom you would ever expect to belong to a vampire. 
Refrigerator. (laughs) Refrigerator, chilly bin. (laughs) Old floral wallpaper and drab secondhand furniture. I don't know why, but I just expected vampires to have better decoration skills than this, to be honest. What are you going to do when you live nocturnally, though, and there's no one to eat or you're not hungry? You're going to drag hard rubbish back. Nothing's open. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're upcycling. Oh, I like it. You know, well, I guess, yeah, if you're going to live for like a million years, you've got to make your, you know, retirement stretch out. Yeah. But, yeah, you can order online these days. There's no excuse to, like, look like a hand-me-down vampire. Povo-ass vampire. Yeah, exactly. Salvo's vampire. Like, just, I don't, see, this is is my argument. That's why people found the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. The only reason they found it sexy was because he was a billionaire. If that dude lived in a trailer park... Oh, yeah. And was like, yeah, vaginal fisting. You'd call the police. Yeah. It's it's because he's a billionaire. That's why it's sexy. It's got nothing to do with, you know, I'm just saying. Most of the people I've known in caravans probably aren't even that romantic. (laughs) I once had a guy try and pick me up in his caravan. Oh, hello. I was fruit picking in Wakery. Uh And and, uh, he he said, you you like books? You should come into my caravan. I got a lot of books. I'm like, nah, man, I'm, I'm all right here. Mm-hmm. They just kept on trying to drag me into his caravan. Like like the shittiest, most lazy Pennywise the Clown. Like, oh, they're all floating in here, man. Come on, mate. i got goon. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, my God. You've lived the life of every, like, 16-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I've got, I've, got, I've got some TV hits in here. <laughs> <laughs> do, you like, do you like Dolly Doctor? I've I've got some impulse. I've got some frusciante, eh? A bit of frusciante. Fucking frusciante. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh. Now, uh, the drab setting obviously must remind Linda of her boring boyfriend and it gets her in the mood. So when Nadine comes into <laughs> Linda's room, the two of them proceed to get it on. <laughs> Just walks in there, sees bad bad wallpaper, moist. <laughs> now it happens. Hey, you know, like we all have our different thing. <laughs> we all have our different things to flow down. Oh, my God. Can you imagine her watching like just the home renovation channel? Oh, no. She would like, she'd, like it'd fall off. She would give herself a... <laughs> Set herself on fire. Oh, my God. It will look like that rubber band mouth on the orange on Sesame Street that used to sing the opera. <laughs> Just quivering. <laughs> oh, my God. By the end of it, she'd need to get the sandpaper on it just to, like, get any <laughs> sensation. <laughs> oh. But the danger of it all, I think, must add to it. Um, what with vampires being susceptible to wooden stakes? And let's be honest, Linda provides some of the most wooden acting ever <laughs> in recorded history. Now, the following morning, Linda will wake up alone and decides to go wandering around the Countess's home. She'll find Nadine, who is completely immune to sunlight, not even glowing. You know, yeah, I know. No twinkles? No, no glitter. Floating naked in her pool. Linda starts screaming and faints. Like, just Linda has the most distorted sense of what is and isn't shocking. Maniacal sex murder, one star. A woman in her own pool. Ah! What the hell? Does she have a brain injury? Something that just mixes everything up? Just Yeah, just completely distorts. Uh, I think she needs to go back to a psychiatrist and get a refund. Yeah. Now... It could be appropriate because our next scene finds us in a private medical clinic where an attractive young woman will spend the rest of the film sort of writhing around in sexual ecstasy. Mm. On the couch, on her bed, on the floor. Like, regardless, if there is a service, then this young woman will writhe around on it. Apparently, she has been spiritually and emotionally touched by the Countess and claims to still feel her, obviously, Mostly in her pants. Yeah. The acting's so wooden, she just looks like she's got a bad sunburn and she can't get comfy. Yeah, just, uh, 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 can you spray something on that? Uh, uh. The, man, the men on the island, obviously seeing a young woman having orgasms without a man, decide that she needs to be committed to the insane asylum immediately. Because female orgasms are a fiction. <laughs> they are a myth. <laughs> they do not exist. Now, pardon me while I go and look for Bigfoot. Uh, just me and the men are just going to shower up and off we go. Now let's go back to that spaghetti lesbo orgy restaurant. 
<laughs> She'll be right. Just leave on some DIY video. She'll be fine. <laughs> now, it's at this point you can really – you can smell the waft of Bram Stoker's Dracula unfolding here. Yeah. Nadine is Dracula. Um, Agra in the asylum writhing in sexual madness is Reinfeld. Linda is this weird merge between Mina and her clueless boyfriend, Jonathan. And the psychiatrist at the asylum is obviously uh, Van Helsing. Mm. Now, this poor woman, Agra, who will spend most of the time rolling around clutching her cock and balls shaped dildo. Now, even Franco had sense enough to know that censors were never going to let her roll around with a cock and balls dildo. So, and disclaimer alert, this will be the scariest thing that we will ever discuss in the podcast. Okay. <sighs> to get around the senses, they have painted the cock and balls dildo in the guise of a children's clown, which quite frankly, I find the most disturbing oh, thing out of everything of this project. I mean, it is a clown shaped dildo it just has to be the most cringiest thing ever i mean i mean like oh my god i'm so horny like no cloning around oh my god and in my mind every time you squeeze it it would just (laughs) 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 oh my god just give it to me let's ring the devil's doorbell ah nobody's home because it doesn't exist (laughs) oh my god operation diy (laughs) i'm giving it that speed Here comes the breakdown. It's Darude. <laughs> Liz, what are you doing in there? Nothing. <laughs> I can hear something. What is that? Nothing. How many clowns you got in there? <laughs> oh my god! It's like a, it's like a clown car in here. Just forty unemployed midgets come running out. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, no. Now, for some reason, um, Linda is now mysteriously in the clinic. We have no idea how she got to the clinic. Um, Unless it's thrush, and that's the reason that other one's rolling around there (laughs) clutching herself so much. Just get some yogurt, love. (laughs) Get a lactobacillus. You'll be fine. Be fine. Oh, now, meanwhile, back on the island, Nadine, who is very much alive and well, recounts the story of how she became both a vampire and a lesbian. Needless to say, it's because men are fucking disgusting brutes. Am I right, sister? I can imagine that Tinder date. <laughs> so, tell me about yourself. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm a lesbian and a vampire. <laughs> cool, man. I, I like the cure. Oh. What a fuck. <laughs> I like to. <laughs> Somehow Linda ends up back at the hospital and she tells the doctor, the doctor tells her that she's fallen under the vampire's curse and the only way to break free is to stab Nadine in the head. Typical fucking patriarchy, turn the women against each other. And what, what kind of hospital is this? <laughs> You've got a vampire curse. <laughs> oh, really? I think it could have been when I, I came off my motorbike and, you know, when I hit the pavement, you know, maybe that. No, ghosts, do cocaine. <laughs> but, I, but, like, I can see my bone. Like, it's, 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 it's sticking out. Like, you have a curse. Oh. <laughs> I've also got this thing, like, stuck between my ass. It's, um, <laughs> just take a seat. Let me look. <laughs> Now, at this stage of the film, you probably have no care about the crazed hotel clerk from earlier in the film, played by the director. Mm. So, of course, this is the perfect time for him to make a reappearance, kidnap Linda and tie her to a chair and get sleazy. Oh, of course. Oh, he flaunts the body of some poor innocent woman around and tells Linda he is going to torture her until she loves him. Which, to be fair, does actually sound like my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it does sound like the entertainment industry too. Yeah, really does. Uh, He then goes on to admit that Agra, the poor orgasming woman um, in the mental asylum, is his wife. And that all the women who return from the island basically come back horny and uninclined to sleep with the dirty old unattractive men on the island, instead longing for the sexy female love. So he... (laughs) And the men of that island burned the ferry that very day. (laughs) So he has taken upon himself to kill 
all the horny women. Right. Yeah, this actually this does this does sound like the psychology of most men. <laughs> I was gonna say this really is the history yeah, of women in society. What is horny? Pay her less. <laughs> banner! Banner! <laughs> Oh, much to everyone's relief and joy, Linda manages to kill him with a saw. Hooray! With a saw? With a mofo saw. Well, like a handsaw or a chainsaw? Or? Uh, a hand, like, you know, like chopping up wood saw. Wow. Oh, yeah. Sexy lesbians won, crusty old misogynistic boomers dead. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nadine just travelled to the asylum to retrieve Linda but finds her gone. The doctor admits that all of his treatment has been a ruse to attempt to draw Linda to him as he too wants to become a vampire. When she declines, he gets all stroppy and starts whooping out crosses. So Nadine has her pet man promptly dispatch the not-too-good doctor. Suck it. Now, after waiting centuries for the love of her life, Nadine decides, well, she, if she's not possibly in that one building that I went to, then really there is nothing else I can possibly do and gives up and goes back home. See, she kind of abandoned that whole got to kiss a lot of frogs thing to yeah. a completely different tack. Yeah. She's gone straight for the clam. Yeah, straight yeah. for... <laughs> <laughs> Now, luckily, somehow, Linda also finds her way to the island. Nadine confesses her love for Linda and asks her to join her. Ah. Linda, after deciding that after all that lesbian sex, she couldn't possibly be a lesbian. No. And after fondling Nadine for a bit, proceeds to stab her in the eye. Jesus, fuck. Like, just like... (laughs) Whatever happened to it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Just like, no, I'm sorry. Fucking hell. Then Linda does what Linda does best. She faints. (laughs) One star. (laughs) (laughs) You're a clam. One. Linda, Omar somehow miraculously, presumably after borrowing ferry fare, makes his way to the island and wakes Linda. But there is no Nadine. Her body and that of her pet man have disappeared. Omar tells Linda, it was all a dream, 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 in the least convincing ending since they killed Michael Myers. Mm. It, does have a f- it does have a fairly disappointing end. It's, it does not have a climactic end. No. Like it's kind of because you're you know you're watching this film and you're just kind of like and then nothing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's just no at the end <laughs> like there is no payoff now this film was filmed from June the first to July tenth um, that's really quick in Turkey well. This would actually be considered a long shoot for a Franco film. What? Oh, yeah. But then Franco had the habit of filming extra scenes, which he would then use to cobble together a whole second film. Oh, what a cheap scale. Actors would complain that they had signed on to do one film with Franco and then find themselves later in five of his films. Gee, this is the kind of guy who made cordial for kids and they're just like, it's got the colour. <laughs> exactly. What's going just put on? the tea bag in. <laughs> yeah. To help draw out the length of these films, Franco employed his usual tricks as used in in all of his films such as long strip club sequences and shots of scorpions and moths more space fillers than (laughs) profound metaphors or maybe he just realized that if your strip club sequence is long enough people don't give a shit about the rest of your film (laughs) now the musical score we've touched on is also different from his work and it is a psychedelic rainbow of instruments and sounds from Hammond's organs, traditional satars, incoherent chanting, and whatever busker happened to be passing by the studio that day. Now, the soundtrack was composed by Manfred Hubler, Siegfried Schwab, and Jesus Franco himself, but going under the alias of David Cahune. <laughs> Which is a terrible alias. Like, if you're going to give yourself an alias, wouldn't you give yourself, like, an awesome alias? Like, wouldn't you be dick lighting? Yeah. Why would you be... <laughs> or clam stroker. Clam stroker. We're not David. <laughs> oh, well. If yeah. he had some shame, maybe he did want a bit of anonymity. 
film. Doesn't sound like it. Well, the film had several titles under consideration, including Mark of the Vampire and Evil of the Vampires, before being released as Vampros Lesbos. It was released on July 15th, 1971 in Germany, whereas Spain had to wait until 1973 due to censorship issues. But the film surprisingly would prove to be popular with audiences in Europe. Total Film gave Vampros Lesbos three stars out of five, saying, and I quote, Despite, or perhaps because of, the hilariously leaden acting, dull script and amateurish direction, this film still exerts a certain fascination. More reviews describe the film as effortlessly dreamlike and in other states... Well, you never come to Franco's films for the plots. Wow. You don't go to a brothel for a hug. (laughs) No, you go for the... I love that button so much. (laughs) Clearly. Very single. (laughs) (laughs) But most seem to praise the soundtrack and the presence of the beautiful Soledad Miranda, the vampires herself. Yes. Now, the film ran into problems being released in Spain due to Spanish censors. So a second alternative version of the film was released in Spain. This version sees all of the nude scenes taking out, which is frankly probably it's most of the scenes. Less tits, more spiders. And the interactions between Nadine and her lesbian lover are replaced with clothed, non-sexual alternative footage. Wow. The Spanish version offers a lot more alternative scenes, mostly the plot scenes, explaining the action and story which is missing from the international release. So basically Spain got the plot and the story and the rest of the world got the fucking. (laughs) It was a surprising hit, the rest of the world. Wow. Another interesting tidbit of this film is that a man called Jamie... Chavarier is credited as co-writer. However, Jamie states that he was not involved with the writing of the film's script at all. How bad would a film have to be for you as a writer to actively, fervently deny any credit for? Like, what movie would you be like, no, I want my name taken off. I refuse to have my name to this. There's a lot. You know what? Glitter. If I if if I was involved in any way, shape, or form with Mariah Carey's Glitter, Mariah Carey has a movie. You've not seen Glitter? No, I'm a heterosexual man. Oh my! But you've been to the Mars Bar. I just assumed. Yeah, no, but I'm not that active in it. Oh my lord! I'm a tourist. Oh my lord! Oh my like pluck. N- never seen. <gasps> no. Oh oh. I haven't seen Michael Jackson's Wizard of the Oz thing that he did. What? No, I haven't seen it. How have you not seen that? Because like the Spanish, I have taste. <laughs> <laughs> you, Mr. Ooh, I want the plot. I don't care about your fucking whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, A, you have to see Michael Jackson's The Wizard of Oz. It actually, uh, there's one scene in there that will make you rethink bad when you watch it. The mo- the, the song bad? or Yes. No, the actual video clip because oh, it, okay. the, the, there's a whole bit that happens in a subway station yeah. and it will completely re-sort re of change the way that you look at bad, the film okay. clip. But Glitter, however, given the option, you should go down into a subway in a very poor crack-induced area yeah. and – staple $100 bills to yourself <laughs> rather than run the risk of accidentally seeing the film Glitter with Mariah Carey. <laughs> okay. it, I can't believe oh my no. God. If I had to, If I had to disavow anything, uh, it would pretty much be any Australian movie made after about 1990 or – oh, no, Dirty Deeds. I'd, I'd, I'd cut it off there. Dirty Deeds was very good. Or what about the, Wolf Creek? Not a fan. Oh. Not a fan of Wolf Creek. Oh. Especially because I like I lived around a lot of those places and just the continuity errors in terms of them going into the bush. It's like, oh, you're in Semaphore, now you're in Port Augusta, now you're back in Port Adelaide. What the fuck? <laughs> I just can't do it. So, uh, so that's the problem where he like he kidnaps, like rapes and murders backpackers. That is fine. No. It's, the, it's, the bushes it's is n- what you object. The incorrectly <laughs> placed bushes is it's, what you object it's to. It's not a good film. They, take, they lose too many opportunities to kill him. Like, you know. Yeah, but that, you can say that about 
about literally every horror film. The whole point of every horror film is people making dumbass decisions. I like know. just double tap. Don't oh, I think he's dead and run out of the house. Just grab something sharp and yeah. poke him in the head, chop his head off, set him on fire. Exactly. Pickaxe through the brain. He's got plenty of it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, but the the, the hands down worst thing I've seen in a long time was mm. the the remake uh, or at least the sequel series to Romper Stomper that was on Stan. That oh. was fucking atrocious. Also, the reboot of Wake and Fright. That was fucking oh, atrocious. That was awful. Yeah. I don't know what they thought they were doing with that. that. Crack. Yeah. That was so bad. That was shit house. So bad. Yeah. Don't don't watch the remake. Just watch the watch the original. Yeah. Filmed in Good Oh Broken Hill. Yep, with uh, what's his name? Donald Pleasance. <gasps> Donald Pleasance. How could you replace Donald Pleasance with Andrew Dimitriades? That's fucking I like yeah. Andrew Dimitriades, but fuck me dead. That was a bad Bad call. Bad call. Bad call. Just everything about it was 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 a bad call. I think with the re- the remake as well, they tried to take some of the they tried to take the accountability away from him, just yes, deteriorating into yeah. being. Yeah. No. They they made it a they made it a, a honey trap of a town. Mm. You know, rather than his own decisions, which led to his loss of humanity. Yeah. Fuck you, Channel Ten. Yeah, and trust it for someone who grew up in Broken Hill. You don't need a honey trap to make you slowly disintegrate your morals. Yeah, no, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there under the train station. <laughs> oh my god, up in the slag pit. Oh I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. <laughs> oh god, you're making me homesick. <laughs> Now, after two, uh, two, about two weeks after finishing production on Vampiros Lesbos, Franco began his next film. Oh, of course he did. Yep. She killed in ecstasy. Oh, fuck me, dead. Which? Oh my god, you've seen it. You know the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which once again it featured the seductive Soledad Miranda as and the clueless Miss Stromberg. The film was shot in July what? of 1970. <laughs> <laughs> in Spain, uh, just on the Mediterranean Sea, Franco used the same cinematographer, film editor, film composers he had used on Vampiros Lesbos, as well as most of the other cast members, including himself. Oh my. He's like one of these annoying YouTubers that just keeps putting out shit but somehow gets success. Oh, except this time in, in She Kills in Ecstasy, yeah. he manages to force the beautiful Soledad Miranda to rub her body against him. Oh, dude. Now, in this film, Dr. Johnson. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Have you got your thermometer, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to call him, obviously, Dr. Dick. Now, Dr. Dick lives a perfect life with his beautiful, perfect wife, Soledad, Mm -hmm. until Dr. Dick's unorthodox human embryo experiments causes a medical committee to reject his findings and orders him to discontinue his work. Bloody ethicists. Dr. Dick commits suicide by slashing his wrists in the bathroom, a scene I will forever know as the dick slit. (laughs) Devastated by the dick slit, his wife vows to seduce and kill the committee of three men and, of course, one lady, feminism, she feels is responsible for Dr. Dick's slit. (laughs) Now, although the question does beg to be asked why she feels the need to seduce and kill the committee and not just kill the committee, but, hey, revenge is a deeply personal thing and I guess we all grieve in our own unique way. So you do you, girlfriend. (laughs) You do you. You grieve in your own unique, special, beautiful way. (laughs) Now, some trivia about our two leading ladies. Uh, Miss Stromberg, the Swedish Mm. actress... Uh, playing the American living in Turkey. She worked as a model and actress. Now, she had 27 acting credits to her name. Five of those are for five different films, all shot by Jesus Franco in the same year and released in 1971. Jesus Christ. She retired from the film industry shortly afterwards. But what about our gorgeous temptress Soledad Miranda? 
At the beginning of her career, unsure which stage name to use, placed her preferred options into a hat and pulled out the names Soledad and Miranda. So that's what she used. Fair enough. She had found success in Spain previously, releasing numerous Spanish language pop songs in the mid-60s. So she's basically like a Swedish Elvis. She would also appear in over 30 films between 1960 and 1970. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, in 1964, she made three films in Portugal where she met Jose, Mm. a Portuguese race car driver. That sounds pretty sexy, to be honest. I know. Like, oh, my God. Of course, like, one of the most like seductive sexiest woman ever. Yeah. Meet a Portuguese. Yeah. Resca driver. Hold Jose. Sit in my car and we'll listen to Sepultura. <laughs> and eat Perry Perry chicken. Sit in my car and we will <laughs> Now a secret romance blossomed and the pair married in 1966 and in 1967 she gave birth to their son Antonio. But on the morning of August the 18th, 1970, near the end of filming another Franco film, the devil came from Okay, for a start, your film is never going to make money because no one is going to stand in front of their date at the ticket booth going, yes, I want to get two tickets to the devil came from... Soledad and her husband were involved in a collision with a truck. Oh. Jose suffered minor injuries, but Miranda died as a result of major head and oh, back trauma. fuck. In later interviews, Franco retold glowing stories of Soledad, how everyone she met fell in love with her, and that his plan was to make many, 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 many more movies with her as her magnetism was evident. Well, given his modus operandi, he probably could with all his offcuts and <laughs> many, 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 yeah, many, 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 many shots. <laughs> well, in fact, he would release a film in 1973, two years after her death, with footage he had previously recorded of her. Soledad has generally been regarded as Franco's greatest and only discovery. <laughs> Now, the director may have planned to make many, 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 many more films with Soledad. However, just before the accident, a German film producer had offered Soledad a huge contract, which would have made her a massive star in much more conventional films. Soledad was positioned to become a major star with a major payday. But alas, she would never live to see that future fulfilled. She would not even live to see the release of Vampiros Lesbos or she killed in ecstasy. Are we suggesting that maybe Jesus maybe played a part in her death to keep his star? You know what? I had never thought of that. But from what I can get from watching um, the Jesus Franco films and watching his directional abilities – I don't think he could have <laughs> choreographed an accident to come together. I don't think he could choreograph like five people to steal a lunchbox, let alone to choreograph a major yeah. traffic accident. For, for someone who was essentially a pornographer, he could not organise a route in a brothel. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Now, later in the 1970s, Franco would go on to be declared one of the most dangerous filmmakers for Catholics by the Catholic Church. Whoa, is there a list? There is a list. There is a list. Um, Number one, William Peter Blatty. (laughs) Number two, (laughs) that guy. (laughs) Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I I think he was Toby Hooper was on there? Maybe, Yeah. Dangerous – wouldn't the only dangerous film for a Catholic be something that, I don't know, maybe expands a woman's rights or uncovers their many misdeeds, like a documentary maybe? Um, that's literally for like all of its like shortcomings. It's, you know, it's like strong women getting their ah, – la, 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 you know, getting their um. – <laughs> There ain't none of that in the church. <laughs> you know, maybe if there was a little more – 
I'm just saying. <laughs> and lo, Jesus did say that the loaves and the fishes, and the fishes especially, because fishes, I don't know, there's like a, <laughs> some kind of pussy eating. <laughs> oh, see, I was going to go with you part, parting the seas. There but... <laughs> you go. And he opened the ripe clam. Oh. I'm, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god, we're going to get declared as the most dangerous thing for Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> the film would see success again when the soundtrack was released as Vampiros Lesbos Sexadelic Dance Party on CD in 1995. And as we were discussing earlier, the Lions and the Cucumber track from the restaurant strip scene was used on the film Jackie Brown by Quentin Tarantino. The album is in fact dedicated to Soledad. In 2011, Franco said that Vampiros Lesbos was a fine film. I don't know any others that are like it. (laughs) Well, that's pretty (laughs) true. The director would die in 2013 at the age of 82 from a stroke, probably brought upon by his three cartons of cigarettes a week addiction. Jesus fucking Christ. At the time, he had 207 directing credits to his name. (laughs) That was just for 1970. 182 writing credits. Wow. 103 acting credits, 72 composer credits, 48 editor credits, and the list goes on and on. L. Ron Hubbard. He's just got a zillion things and none of them good. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's a misfire. What are the chances? (laughs) A remake of Vampiros Lesbos as a short film was released in 2008. However, with a scoring of 4.8 on IMDb, it fell short of the original 5.4. Why would you try and remake it? I know. Like, it's just, it captures, it is the 70s. There is only one remake that I will tolerate. Mm. Actually, there's two. One of them is the American remake of The Ring. Which I believe, you know, it's Naomi Watts. I believe that is a better film than Ringu. That's it's Ooh. it's good. I like Ooh. it. Um, mostly because they 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 built upon it. They didn't try and reinvent it. They built upon it. The only other remake that I like is uh, Pingu. Instead of the thing, mm-hmm. they got Pingu in there, and you've got little Pingu the penguin getting around in the Arctic with a flamethrower, <laughs> burning other penguins that are shapeshifters. <laughs> I have actually seen that. Yeah. That is absolutely weird. Fing- yeah. Fingu. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's the <laughs> only other remake I will tolerate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I don't know. There there are so many things about that film which was it was just, you know, capturing you know, it's it's like that, you know, there's a lot of things that I mean, it's like blazing saddles. Yeah. Could you make blazing saddles today? No, fuck no. no. Absolutely not. But for the time, it it, it captured that moment yeah. and that feeling. And Brilliant performances. You, you don't try to, or in this case, so bad. Yeah. Like you couldn't, the, the acting is so bad. If you try to act bad, you can't recreate this. But who looks at that and thinks, you know what, there's something to salvage in this. Because, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that lesbian orgy oh. Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's. There's a diamond in that. Yeah. There's just, we just, you know what, someone had been polishing it a bit too much. <laughs> so tell me about this new movie you've got coming up. <laughs> uh, yeah, tell me about the plot. Tell me about the plot. Well, <laughs> and then we, and then she just gets this like, in the right, in the. <laughs> and she can't walk properly for a week. I mean, you know, I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, give it, give it, um, okay, let's try and find the positives in this film. It was like the, okay. Boobs, lots of boobs. Besides the boobs. Uh, well, okay, fuck, I'm out. <laughs> Tag me out. <laughs> well, you know what, you've got the, the two lead roles are women. Yes, well, there's that. You know, so that, that, that's empowering. Yeah. He somehow managed to convince two very attractive people to be in his film. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just I don't I you know what it's but again in one of those things with um with Franco films I'm not sure <laughs> a lot of his films you're like oh how did he convince people to do this a lot of the time he didn't convince people to do it he had convinced them to do something else oh no <laughs> he just it just oh. sort of shot it oh um, that sounds rather problematic 
and and off it went again it's a time and a day that you couldn't and i mean it was one of those things like what are you going to do sue him for a part of the profits it's not making these these films were not making profits no like they were they i mean they they were making you know um teenagers boys pants uncomfortable but you know, I don't. I don't think there was that ching ching. Although three packets of cigarette a week, he must have been making something. <laughs> As he smoked, he's about lesbian pastor orgy money. <laughs> <sighs> That's sweet. I can still taste it. <laughs> the marinara sauce. Oh my god! <laughs> what I never understand is how come no one ever tried to open that restaurant. Yeah, well, because you've got the Corova Milk Bar in Melbourne. The what? That somebody somebody opened the Corova Milk Bar from a Clockwork Orange in Melbourne. Oh my god! So yeah, you yeah. could go there and you know have yourself a a Drenth Crom or whatever the fuck they were called. Oh, I'm not yeah. I'm not comfortable with that. No, no, I don't want to go any place where you have to wear a cod piece. Yeah, well, just I just, I'm no, I'm not I'm not comfortable with dudes like do like do you get the drinks out of the titties? Like have uh, they done it no, properly? I think I think they just kind of had some laser cut lettering and all that kind of oh, stuff. Like well, I've never been in there. It's super seedy, and it was always kind of like down the wrong end of town, so I didn't ever go oh. in there. Well, see, if you're not going to completely do it authentic and have the drinks coming out of the titties, then why are you even bothering? Yeah, exactly. Do you think what? Oh, do you, what do you think? Like the occupational health and safety requirements are for having a lesbian sex act while there is hot food mm. and like fresh food. Do you think there's some kind of code? Well, in the 1970s, they would have had to wear hairnets on their vaginas. <laughs> what if there's no hair? Well, that's true. And this was Spain. Yeah. So. No, no, no. So, oh, no, they're extra hairy. that's true like that's what i love about that that's when you can tell you know what i can tell the difference between an american film and a european film just by looking at the fanny just look straight at the fanny and if you like if you can't see the bears for the forest then you know it is a european film if you're like oh my god ooh, is that is that a three-year-old child it's american so she's not wearing a vaginal hairnet she's got a hammock (laughs) You can't see the hammock for the forest. <laughs> see, that's the, that's the you know, I that's why it might have got like released around the world because they didn't actually realise she wasn't wearing underpants. <laughs> they just assumed she had a very hairy bikini on. No, that that's 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 her fanny hair. Look like right? a Masters of the Universe <laughs> oh figurine. <my> God. <laughs> Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> that's my pubic hair. <laughs> It's like what, what's that? What's um, what's that swamp in The Empire Strikes Back where I Luke want, has to train? It's on the Dagobah system. <laughs> I want this. I want this clear that I'm not the one comparing women's natural vaginas, beautiful natural vaginas, to a swamp. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you about the time I got shown a book of vaginas. Have we? Have we? I think we've gone too long. Have we no, no, we, we're just on an hour. Finish on the book of vaginas. Okay. Sounds like the start of the Evil Dead that I would like. Oh my lord! Okay, so as you know, I, you know, ladies love me. Yes, they do. I've always, you know, had a power with the ladies. Um, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I was about nineteen, and I went to there was the store that opened up near me. They did, you know, piercings and you know all, all the shebang bang. Yeah. And I went in there because I was very excited because I wanted to get you know you get the. Um, what would you call it? You get it's like pier- a bridge piercing. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to get the, the bridge piercing. And so I went in, you know, because I all I'd had pierced was my ears. And so I went in, so I was very nervous and shy and, <laughs> you know, yeah. to get a piercing. And it was just this, um, you know, lady in there. And, you know, I asked her about that and she's like, oh, you don't want that. No, no, no. We don't do them anymore because, you know, it might it might affect, you know, with, with your sinus. And I'm like, oh, that's – oh, oh, okay. I kind of just like maybe I can uh, pierce something else for you. She tried to upsell you with the downstairs. And I'm like, oh, no, I, you know, I, I you know, oh, I'd, I'd never, you know, I'd never thought of that. And in my naivete, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, she's, you know, she's, she's suggesting like an eyebrow ring or a nose ring yeah. or, you know, the little, what's that bit in your nose? Your the, septum piercing. That's it. Mm. I'm thinking that. And she's like, yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, like I'm not going to get it done today. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty nervous. She's like, oh, no, trust me. I'm so gentle. So gentle, you'll never even know. She's like, what about, 
something better than your eyebrow. You don't want your eyebrow. Everyone has your eyebrow. Your eyebrows are dumb. Let me show you something. You just wait there. Oh, my God. She goes out the back. She comes back with this book. Looks like the fucking Necrodomicon. (laughs) (laughs) It's full of dead orgasms, I'm sure. (laughs) So I'm 19, a little country girl, very naive. So she brings out the Necronomicon. <laughs> she puts it down. <laughs> An eerie... <laughs> Tumbleweeds blow outside. Storm clouds roll in. Nothing but vaginas. Okay. It is a book. And she's like, yeah. And, it is, and then she starts worse. Licks her finger. <laughs> flicks the page over. Licks her finger. Flicks. And it is... Just photo after photo of a close-up of Fanny's because she wants me to get my lady parts. And I was like, I was 19 and I was like terrified. And and it was like, I felt like um, Bruce Willis in Zed's secondhand shop. Yeah. And I'm like, if I try to move, it's like the door's just going to lock or something. And and she's just trying to like sell me. She's like, yeah. but as much as I wanted to run away, I was also fascinated. Yeah. Because the sad thing is, like, women don't see a lot of, like, you know, a lot of, you know, ladies' vaginas, yeah. you know, unless, you know, you realise you are a lesbian at an early age. You don't see a lot of others, you know, especially not up and close. No. Um, or, you know, so and I was kind of fascinated just at this, like, absolute plethora of, like, vaginas and, like, the and like the hair. Oh, my God, this one woman, so hairy. It, mm. like, wasn't just a vagina. I swear it, like, down her legs. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. growing on her legs. And I was – I didn't know that. So you only have really your own vagina and the bits of vagina you see in change rooms. Yeah. And so I was just kind of fascinated. I was like, I've never seen that many vaginas. Yeah. But then also, like, oh, my God, she's going to kidnap me. Yeah, because right now you're scrapbooking with Ed Gein. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm just like, oh. And at that moment, like another person like came in. <laughs> no, like a customer from the oh, store. Okay. And I was just like, oh my God, yeah, that's going to be And just like ran as she sort of flicked through her card at me. I not only never went back, I never went down that street ever again. Did they all talk to you at once? Join us. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> As a result, I never ended up getting anything pierced. There you go. Well, we'll have to do some horrible FM radio breakfast thing where you end up getting your vulva pierced. No. 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 no, I do not want to be added to just – I don't want to be just another page in In the the Necronomus snatch. (laughs) The Vulvanomicon. (laughs) No. The big book of British smiles. Oh, but yeah, so that's our episode of thinking. There you go. Well, inside the box. <laughs> very good. Thanks to everyone who's actually been listening. It's very, very nice to check in the old metrics and see that we're getting listened to. We're, get, we're getting listened to in Texas. We what? Texas and so we, we've had one in uh, in Virginia. What do they do in Virginia? Oh, te- no. I, oh well, the cigarette country. It's flavor country. Oh, is that like with the cowboy? Yeah. 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 Whereas we just totally dismissed uh, Texas in that regard. Oh, damn it. Look, no. Okay. Wonderf- wonderfully diverse Texas. Okay. So the, the random person who's listened to us in Virginia, yeah. tell us what we should do to celebrate Virginia for you. As, if, unless it involves smoking like a lot of Marlboros or something <gasps> like that. You know what? I know how we can celebrate Virginia. How? We were like, Virginia! <laughs> It does it has a certain pun to it? But yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more new stuff, and yeah, check us out on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And Whee! tell your friends, <laughs> tell your friends to listen to us because it's nice to be listened to. Oh, shut up, woman! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, don't make me come over there. Oh my god, it's not much of a gap between us right now. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> It actually slowed down to doom speed. (laughs) I could really go some pasta right now. (laughs) Do you want some fettuccine? (laughs) 
with, with a side of lesbian sex. Huh. You too can wear the Domio grin. Just the waiter comes over. Do you want cheese on that? <laughs> 